Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Blessed Friday, beloved family. This is the feast of our sorrowful mother. Um, and the feast also of her seven sorrows. It, it's, it's my feast day um, because I want to uh, keep Our Lady um, company and console her uh, as she walked through the entire 30 years with her son and gave him on the cross 33 years and gave him on the cross for our salvation. Uh, bore him with her fiat, um, was born without sin, remained without sin, was uh, remained a virgin, is holy, um, and we will have, you know, when I first came into the Catholic Church, I had a problem with Mary because I had spent 18 years as an evangelical Protestant trying to save Catholics. And doctrinally, I understood enough to come into the church and, and realize it was the true church, and therefore, I don't have to understand everything. I just have to acknowledge that the church is teaching the deposit of faith. And I could, um, I could acknowledge that because I... We're not our own popes. We don't come to believe individual doctrines and decide whether they're true or not. If it's the church Christ founded, then we believe uh, what he gave the church to believe. Um, but I was given a book by a spiritual director um, called The Mother of the Savior by uh, Father Garagou Lagrange. And I read that book and I... I, I'll never have another question about Mary again, not because I understand it all, but because from reading that book, I believe God has done with her beyond anything us earthlings will ever understand this side of heaven. Um, and it's a wonderful thing to meditate on her seven sorrows and understand what her full fiat meant and the sword that Simeon prophesied would pierce her heart. Today is the feast of that prophecy and um, of her title, Our Sorrowful Mother. Um, one of the bishops of our country, as most of you know, who is also being tested and um, with a great deal of sorrow for the state of the church, which is in an awful state, but it is the church and the gates of hell won't prevail. And our Lord is faithful to his word. He will leave it lead it into all truth till the end of time. But as m most of you know, Bishop Strickland, the Bishop of Tyler, and the reason why we are in Tyler, uh, the Daughters of Mary, Mother of Israel's Hope, and why 400 families have come here in the past year or so uh, to be under such a good and holy and faithful bishop. Um, he is being uh, hounded, so to speak. He's being threatened. Um, He's not threatened, but the Vatican and the Pope um, are, the, the articles say that they want him removed. 
and they're going to ask him to resign. He's already had a visitation from two bishops to silence him. You can't silence him because it, he, he was ordained by Benedict XVI as a successor of the apostles to preach the gospel, and he will not abandon that ordination. He will not abandon God's, abandon God's calling. And so um, I believe personally that this whole insane trial has strengthened that holy man of God. And uh, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and you might know, I, I read one um, pastoral letter Bishop Strickland wrote to his diocese um, maybe a couple months back now, I'm not sure how long ago or sooner, um, responding to the issues being taken up by the Synod on Synodality, which promises to change the church and um, change it for what is unrecognizable and no longer Christ's church. Well, they don't have that power, but they can bring an awful lot of false teaching, heretical teaching, confusion to the sheep who think they need to obey the Pope because he's the Pope. That's not true. Um, not when he teaches heresy. You never obey falsehood. But um, So they are threatening to ask Bishop Strickland to resign, um, and the news reports say if he doesn't, they will do something stronger. I don't know what. But we're praying for Bishop Strickland, and he's not going to budge. Uh, trials either overtake us or they make us strong, truer soldiers of Christ. And that's what's happened with Bishop Strickland. This has strengthened him enormously, and all the prayers of the faithful all over the world. Um, and Bishop Athanasius Snyder, who himself growing up, grew up under a communistic system, didn't see a priest for weeks or months, um, needed to do labor with his family uh, under the communists. Um, he is one of the most holy, wonderful pastoral bishops we have in the world today. He is the auxiliary bishop of Astana, Kakistan, Far East Russia, and um, he wrote this letter um, to um, strengthen, to support Bishop Strickland. He said this, <clears throat> Your Excellency, Bishop Strickland, dear and esteemed brother in the Episcopate, doesn't that already make your heart melt? One bishop to another, they're fighting today, they're betraying the church, and here's a holy auxiliary bishop to a bishop. Your Excellency, Bishop Strickland, dear and esteemed brother in the Episcopate, it is for me a privilege and a joy to express to you all my gratitude and appreciation for your intrepid dedication to uncompromisingly keep, transmit, and defend the Catholic faith, which the apostles handed over to the church and with which all the generations of Catholics especially our ancestors, our fathers and mothers, our priests and religious sisters, catechists, were themselves nurtured. <clears throat> In all truth, we can apply to you, dear Bishop Strickland, what St. Basil once stated in his time, quote, the one charge which is now sure to secure severe punishment is the careful keeping of the traditions of the Father. I'll repeat that. The one charge which is now sure to secure severe punishment is the careful keeping of the traditions of the fathers. 
Let me share with you, says Bishop Snyder, let me share with you the following highly timely words of the same, same great and saint, saint bishop. <clears throat> and this is from St. Basil. The doctrines of true religion are overthrown, because it was in his day, St. Basil's day. The doctrines of true religion are overthrown. The laws of the church are in confusion. The ambition of men who have no fear of God rushes into high posts in the church, nothing new under the sun. An exalted office is now publicly known as the prize of impiety. Exalted office is now known as the prize of impiety. The result is that the worse of man, the worse a man blasphemes, the fitter the people think him to be a bishop. Clerical dignity is a thing of the past. There is a complete lack of men shepherding the Lord's flock with knowledge. Churchmen in authority are afraid to speak, for those of them who have reached power by human interest are the slaves of those to whom they owe their advancement. Faith is uncertain. Souls are drenched in ignorance because adulterers of the word imitate the truth. The mouths of true believers are dumb while every blasphemous tongue wags free, holy things are trodden underfoot. End quote from St. Basil. Bishop Athanasius Snyder continues, we are living indeed in such a time, as described by St. Basil with such a striking similarity. The words of St. Basil in his letter to Pope St. Damascus, in which he was asking the Pope's help and efficacious intervention are fully applicable to our situation today. Only today, of course, it's the Pope who is attacking the bishops. The wisdom of this world, Bishop Snyder says, the wisdom of this world wins the highest prizes in the church and has rejected the glory of the cross. The wisdom of this world wins the highest prizes in the church and has rejected the glory of the cross. Shepherds are banished, and in their places are introduced grievous wolves hurrying the flock of Christ. Houses of prayer have none to assemble in them. Desert places are full of lamenting crowds. The elders lament when they compare the present with the past. The youngers are yet more to be compassionated, for they do not know of what they have been deprived. Dear Bishop Strickland, Bishop Athanasius continues, Unlike St. Basil, who addressed Pope Damascus, you do not have, unfortunately, the real chance to address Pope Francis in order that he may help you to keep zealously the holy traditions of the past. On the contrary, the Holy See puts you now under scrutiny and threatens you with intimidations and deprivation of the Episcopal care of your flock in Tyler, basically only for the one reason that you, like St. Basil, St. Athanasius, and many other confessor bishops in history, are keeping the traditions of the fathers only because you are not silencing the truth, only because you are not behaving like not a few of the bishops of our day who, using the words of St. Gregory of Nazianzus, are serving the times and demands of the masses, leaving their boat to the wind. We'll be right back, beloved. 
Hello, this is Father Jim Netto of the Diocese of Portland, Maine. In Krakow, Poland on the 2nd of June, 1938, the Lord Jesus himself directed a young Polish Sister of Mercy on a three-day retreat. Sister Faustina painstakingly recorded Christ's instructions in her diary, that is, a mystical manual on prayer and divine mercy. These instructions became Faustina's weapon in fighting the good fight. Jesus began, My daughter, I want to teach you about spiritual warfare. Secret number 16. Do not become discouraged by ingratitude. In this secret, Jesus reminds us that no one likes to be taken for granted. But when we are met with ingratitude or insensitivity, the spirit of discouragement can weigh us down. Resist all discouragement, for it is never of God. It is one of the devil's most effective temptations. Gratitude in all things wins the day. We must give thanks to God continually, for it is horribly wrong for us to speak not even a word each day, acknowledging his favor, in light of the bounty we enjoy from him. In fact, such an acknowledgement is actually all to our benefit, since God certainly needs nothing from us. Yet we stand in need of all things from him. So thanksgiving itself adds nothing to him, but it draws us nearer to him. Lord God, all that I am and all that I have comes from you. May I never take for granted your daily, gracious, faithful care. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. Um, We are live and we are in the middle of a... um, most beautiful holy letter from a very holy, wonderful Bishop Athanasius Snyder of um, Astana, Kakistan, uh, writing to Bishop Joseph Strickland here in Tyler because of the attack of the Holy Father and the Vatican on this good bishop here in Tyler simply because he's speaking truth, nothing else. Um, that uh, the message uh, during the break uh, of from Sister Faustina's diary on discouragement just be just uh, at this past break, um, it was just magnificent. If you are ever discouraged, remember, discouragement is never from God. That's the only way that I feel attacked. Really, is discouragement, um, and the minute I feel it, I say, "Get out." Behind, get behind me, Satan. I'm not interested. I know it's not from God. It's from the devil. I'm not interested in giving you any credit. Goodbye. I just don't allow it to take hold. I'm going to reread Bishop Strickland's, um, Bishop uh, Athanasius Snyder's last, the last paragraph, because the break um, didn't let us complete it. Um, I'm going to reread that and continue Bishop Athanasius Snyder to Bishop Strickland. 
He says there, Bishop Strickland, unlike St. Basil, who addressed Pope Damascus, you do not have, unfortunately, the real chance to address Pope Francis in order that he may help you to keep zealously the holy traditions of the past. On the contrary, the Holy See put you now under scrutiny and threatens you with intimidations and deprivation of the Episcopal care of your flock in Tyler, basically only for one reason, that you, like St. Basil, St. Athanasius, and many other confessor bishops in history, are keeping the traditions of the fathers, only because you are not silencing the truth, only because you are not behaving like a few of the bishops of our day, who, using the words of St. Gregory of Nazianzus, quote, are serving the times and demands of the masses, leaving their boat to the wind, which happens to blow at the moment, and like chameleons, know how to give their word many colors. However, dear Bishop Strickland, you have the happiness that all the popes of the past, all the courageous confessor bishops of the past, all the Catholic martyrs, who in the words of St. Therese, Teresa of Avila, were, quote, resolved to undergo a thousand deaths for any one article of the creed, end quote. You are supporting um, all of them. All these courageous are supporting and encouraging you. Furthermore, the little ones in the church pray for you and support you. They are ever-growing, yet small, army of the faithful, of lay faithful, in the United States as well as all over the world, who were put on the periphery by high-ranking churchmen, even in the Vatican, whose main concerns seem to be pleasing the world and promoting their naturalistic agenda and the approval of the sin of homosexual activity under the guise of welcoming and inclusion. Dear Bishop Strickland, says Bishop Athanasius Snyder, thank you that you are resolved to serve the Lord and not the time. As St. Athanasius once admonished the bishops, he says, I pray more that I pray that more bishops in our day, like you, may, like you, raise their voice in deference of the Catholic faith, providing thereby the spiritual nourishment and consolation for many Catholics who feel themselves often abandoned like orphans. For sure, future popes will thank you for your intrepid fidelity to the Catholic faith and to its holy traditions by which you contributed to the honor of the apostolic see, which was partly darkened and stained by our, uh, our unfavorable time. Saint Joseph, your patron, the good and faithful servant, be always on your side. And the Blessed Virgin Mary, our sweet Heavenly Mother, the destroyer of all heresies, be your strength and refuge. With deep esteem, united in the holy battle for faith and in prayers, Bishop Athanasius Snyder of St. Mary's in Astana, Kakistan. Oh, dear Bishop Strickland, I sure hope that you've seen this letter from um, Bishop Strickland. Uh, at the Defending of the Faith Conference 
uh, I, I think it was this letter, it was a message that Bishop Snyder sent uh, by video, and, and I don't know if it's exactly this letter, but he's a very wonderful, holy bishop, Bishop Athanasius Snyder, and it's a wonderful thing to be so prayed for by him and supported by him as your fellow successor of the Apostles. I, I, I cannot imagine Bishop Strickland has not seen and heard this, um, but we'll make sure that he does have it. It's so beautiful. Is there another bishop out there who will speak up like this, who will support Bishop Snyder and, and cancel bishops and cancel priests, whose only reason for being, I'm just simply going to say, demonically canceled, it's demonic, is because they're speaking truth and they need to be silenced by our current Holy Father and whoever is heading the Vatican departments. It's demonic. Nothing short of that. Um, Beloved, um, we're a few minutes away still from our half-hour break, but I will go uh, to your calls and your, your emails now. Um, Bishop Snyder has just, Bishop Strickland rather, has issued his third pastoral letter um, based on the letter he wrote a couple of months ago uh, where he made seven points uh, that combat the synod on synodality. And he's taking each point in turn and writing um, a a short exposition of it, uh, explanation uh, for the faithful so that when the Synod comes out, and all the heresy and uh, confusion and distortion uh, comes out. The faithful, not just in Tyler, but everyone can have that, um, will know the truth and can stick by it. Our toll-free number, dear ones, is one 511 5483 877-511-5483, or email at mother at the station of the cross.com. I'm going to start taking your emails. And again, you're welcome to call in with anything on your heart. I say always that the, the heart of the matter is the matter of your heart. You can call in it or write anonymously if you wish. It, uh, it, it just doesn't matter what the subject is. Um, we have a, a comment from Dan on YouTube. He says, Jesus was not Catholic. To claim that only Catholics go to heaven is preposterous. What an arrogant statement to make. My dad's sisters are in heaven. Well, Dan, I don't know where you're getting your information from. Um, uh, you're correct. Jesus was not Catholic. He's from the tribe of David. Um, he's from the tribe of Judah through David. He's a Jew. That's right. Um, and Salvation came, as uh, Jesus said uh, to the woman at the well, salvation is of the Jews. And so God formed a people from Abraham on, through Isaac, through Jacob, um, through Judah, through David, uh, all the way to Christ, who is the son of David, the son of God and the son of David, the son of God and the son of man to form a people for himself through whom the Messiah would come. Jesus is the Messiah. He came through the tribe of Judah and the family of David. He was born a Jew. 
He was born under the law in the fullness of time, says Paul to the Galatians. And so he kept the law perfectly. He's God, he's holy. And he kept it perfectly. And he wasn't Catholic. He was a Jew. Um, but he was a Jew, and not but, he was a Jew who came, God made man, to bring salvation to the entire world. And so salvation would no longer be um, uh, kept to the Hebrew people that God formed for himself. Now, through the Messiah who came through them, salvation would come through the Messiah, the Jewish Messiah, to the entire world, that every tribe, tongue, and nation would be saved. Every creature would be saved. And so the reason we got the word Catholic is because Christianity is Judaism, which through its Messiah, his death and resurrection on the cross, the only acceptable sacrifice to God, is now spread all over the world. And Catholic means it's universal. So it's universal Judaism fulfilled in its Messiah. Roy Shoman, who was an Orthodox Jew, became Catholic, said that um, Catholicism or Christianity is post-Messianic Judaism, the Judaism that spread throughout the entire world post following the Messiah and through the Messiah. And so Jesus was not Catholic. He was a Jew, a Jew, but he was also God incarnate and came to save the entire world through the Jewish people. Um, uh, Paul wrote to the Romans, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. It is the power of salvation to all who believe, to the Jew first and also to the Greek, and the Greek uh, represents the entire non-Jewish world. So Christianity is Jewish at its roots. Um, so then you saw Jesus was not Catholic, right? He was, Jew- he was Jewish and brought, and brought the uh, gospel to the whole world. So then you say, to claim that only Catholics go to heaven is preposterous. What an arrogant statement you make. My dad's sisters are in heaven. Well, Dan... That's just as preposterous. Where do you get that information from? How do you even know there's a heaven? And how do you know your dad's sisters are in? How do you know anyone's in heaven? There's no Catholic who will make such an arrogant, preposterous claim. We don't know who's in heaven. We know the way to heaven because Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but by me. And it was Jesus who said, I will build my church in the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And he built his church on the rock of Peter. Um, uh, And uh, how do I say? So the salvation comes through Jesus and through the church he established, which is the Catholic Church, Dan. Um, And it's not that all Catholics go to heaven. All Catholics, in fact, don't go to heaven simply because you're Catholic. If you do not live the life God has given you to live as a Catholic. But the Catholic Church teaches that those who are not Catholic, who do not understand the doctrine of the Catholic Church, but live up to the grace of God they've been given, not will be saved, but can be saved. And the same is true for Catholics. If we live up to the grace of God we've been given, we can be saved. That's a rough one, Dan. Um, Get a hold of Frank Sheed's books, 
S-H-E-E-D. They may help you. We'll be right back, beloved. A prayer to the Sacred Heart that St. Gertrude the Great wrote. I salute thee, O Sacred Heart of Jesus, living and vivifying source of eternal life, infinite treasure of the divinity, ardent furnace of divine love. Thou art the place of my repose and my refuge. Enkindle in my heart the fire of that ardent love with which thine own is inflamed. Pour into my heart the great graces of which thine is the source and grant that my heart may be so closely united to thine that thy will may be mine and that my will may be eternally conformed to thine since I desire that henceforth thy holy will may be the rule of all my desires and all my actions. Amen. I'm Jim Havens, host of The Simple Truth, heard weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross Catholic Media Network. This is kind of the playbook of how the culture has been so decimated and destroyed. I think the most important thing is to just recognize how much we have been manipulated. You know, I've come to see anytime Christianity and Judaism are weak, the occult just fills in. It's like the jungle. You know, the weeds just come in and that's what fills the gaps. That's The Simple Truth, weekdays at 4 p.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. The Station of the Cross began broadcasting in Buffalo, New York in 1999. Since then, our listening areas have multiplied and expanded into several states. While our mission is to grow the Catholic faith through radio and other media outlets, our apostolate is supportive of but independent from your local diocese. Through your generosity, we are able to inspire countless listeners with the gospel and help lead them to a parish to be spiritually nourished by the sacraments. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. I'm live I'm she. I'm thrilled to be with you. And so far, our equipment is working today. Um, thanks be to God. This is our half hour together. Our lines are open for you to call in with anything whatsoever on your heart. Toll free 1-877-511-5483 or email at mother at thestationofthecross.com. We have a, um, a note from uh, someone who writes in anonymous from YouTube. <coughs> And says, Dear Mother Miriam, <clears throat> I was baptized 66 years ago after the parish priest and Mill Hill Missions. I just look up Mill Hill. It's just an association, Catholic association of missionaries. It, it seems that. After the parish priest and Mill Hill Missions said, no, you cannot be a priest for reasons I was never given at the ages of 15 and 17, respectfully, I fell away from the church and Jesus. Well, my dear one, <clears throat> um, why anyone would say to you, you cannot be a priest, I have no idea, of course. But if that caused you to fall away from the church and Jesus, um, that might be a sign that you were not 
ready to be a priest um, because rejection would not send you away from Jesus. Human rejection would not send you away from the church or Jesus. So I think there may have been other issues at that time. And then he writes, about eight weeks ago, I had a powerful inner emotional experience and I knew I had to come home. Blessed be God. But sadly, I am now in my fourth parish. All the responses are different. Okay, now, um, 60 years ago, so you left the church around age 17, and now you're saying, and you just wanted to come home now, you say all the responses are different, many are sung, there are no high altars to be found, the tabernacles are always in a side alcove, and everyone can touch it, and some open it to extra communion, the communion challenge for Mass, Lay ministers abound, as are summer tops, jeans, and t-shirts. No sanctuary lamp, no railing in front of the altar to kneel or to take communion. It's all standing and in the hand, which makes it extremely difficult for me, as I need my left hand to hold my stick to keep me standing. Altar girls in trainers and hairdos, or no altar service at all, lackluster homilies, and the sign of peace that looks like everyone is drying a hand in the air. Um, The worst of it is the absolute lack of fellowship and no welcome of strangers. I walk in, walk out, and despite my efforts to make eye contact, rarely anyone says hello. Families, regulars, cliques of all kinds say, you're a stranger, we don't know you, you're not one of us. Is this heaven? Will these people sit in corners and groups shunning the new arrival? And perhaps even worst of all, the lack of reverence, it's impossible to pray before Mass starts as the cacophony of voices is terrible and on top of it all, and to top it all, this Sunday there were two choir ladies using the Mass sheet as a face fan. I've found my faith, but I have not found a home. I feel adrift and lost. I'm actually thinking about joining the local independent Methodists as they have not gone woke, and then not tell them that I say the Rosary Daily and the Divine Mercy Chaplet at the three o'clock hour of great mercy. I'll live two lives, one to privately explore my beautiful Catholic faith, the other to at least experience friendship and community, and perhaps a touch of reverence and a desire to seek Jesus first. Sorry for the essay. I've written similar to many channels, including directly to a local priest, But nobody has considered my concerns worthy of response. Any advice, thoughts, or words would be appreciated. Thanks. This is a very serious um, email, dear one. Um, You have many criticisms of the church as it has. um, It's not really progressed. It's, It's gone into a terrible, irreverent state. To begin with, Find a Latin Mass, and you will find what you left. Not all the irreverence and insanity that you are writing about. It's insanity. Find a Latin parish, and you will find what you left. But if you left the church that many years ago, I'm surprised that you're looking for fellowship and welcoming, because the church that many years ago was not a social matter. No one went there to be welcomed and to be included and to have fellowship. 
uh, they went to worship Jesus. And that's what Mass is about. It's not a mass about fellowship. It's the breakdown of the family that has um, caused us to seek socialization and fellowship with so-called like-minded and like-faith people. Um, but that's not what the, par- the church is for. The Mass is the church, the people going to church to worship Jesus, not to have fellowship, not to be greeted, but to worship the God who is worthy of our all. Um, so to begin with, I would say, dear one, um, find a Latin parish. I would say, secondly, you're very uh, critical of all that you've written, and I agree with you fully. It's uh, devastating what you've written. It is. But they are at least in church, dear one. They are there to worship Jesus as they understand him and as they've been taught, even though it is far from the worship God deserves. But they are there in their hearts to honor God. You, my dear brother, on the other hand, have him for many, many years, and that's more serious than uh, people going to a Novus Ordo Mass with all the distractions and irreverences. So I would say, my brother, um, spend time. I'm sure you've gone to confession about having been away from the church for so many years. Spend time in prayer and penance for being away from the church, for, away from God for so many years, and find a Latin parish, not seeking fellowship, not looking for people to greet you, but to worship the God who gave us all for us and is worthy of our all in return. We have an email from someone who writes, in, uh, who writes it anonymously <clears throat> and says, Hi, Mother Miriam. As we face the growing threat of more lockdowns that may be on the way. I have a question for you. And beloved, in case you're not following the news, we are facing the threat of more lockdowns and of uh, all new vaccinations. Um, And this person says, will the Lord be offended if our family one day had to attend? Oh, let me just mention also to the last emailer, if you go to a Methodist church, you will again be, be betraying Christ. You will again be, it is not the Eucharist, and you will go to a um, fallen away segment of, of Christianity who have betrayed the Catholic Church. To go to a Methodist church is to betray God. You are Catholic, and you need to find a good Reverend Catholic Mass. So this new one says, as we face the growing threat of more lockdowns that may be on the way, will the Lord be offended if our family one day had to attend the masses in our church while sitting in our cars? My church did masses like this the last time things were locked down, but it did not feel right. Should we be looking for a church with Latin mass, even though our family has never attended one? Yes, I will always say yes to look for a church with the Latin Mass. There you will have everything. And you will have the Holy Eucharist. And you will have reverence. And you will have what is called the Mass of the Ages. Absolutely look for a Latin Mass. But I also do know um, 
good Novus Ordo churches who during the last lockdown celebrated the holy sacrifice of the Mass in their parking lot. The church was closed. They celebrated it in their parking lot, and the priest set up an altar outside in the parking lot, good holy priest, and celebrated the Mass in the parking lot while everyone came and stayed in their cars. And then he distributed priest to every, distributed the host to every single one, and it was held in a parking lot. That's, that's not a problem. Uh, in the war, the masses are held in the sand or on the beach or in homes or elsewhere. It's not a problem. But if you have any opportunity to go to a Latin mass, I would always say absolutely. We have an email from Sharon who says, as a nurse, am I being complicit with the evil associated with the vaccines by following orders to administer? Yes. If the vaccines are evil, and they are, if you administer them to somebody, you're administering evil. My goodness. If a gun uh, kills, and I don't want to shoot myself, but I'm going to shoot others, I'm murdering them. She says, I love your program, Mother Miriam. The truth you speak is so clarifying, refreshing to my heart in a world of confusion. God bless you, and God bless your work. You're a beautiful soul. Sincerely, Sharon. Sharon, thank you very much. Be very clear. Anything you do to take or administer the vaccines is evil and will destroy much of the population. Um, we have an email from Patricia who says, Dear Mother Miriam, I love listening to you at night. Good. Your voice and messages are calming and encouraging, helping me to fall asleep more quickly. Well, if my voice helps you to fall asleep, terrific. I, maybe I should, I have trouble falling asleep at night. I can't stop my mind. Maybe I should listen to my own messages and they'll help me fall asleep. <laughs> she says, I've been wanting to ask this question because I want to understand, not because I'm accusing, and you've probably answered it many times already. My question is this. <clears throat> you are Jewish. You became an evangelical Protestant and were pastored by none other than John MacArthur. That's correct. Therefore, you must know about the scripture in Jeremiah 7, 8, 7, 18, and she quotes it. The children gather wood and the fathers enkindle the fire and the women knead their dough to make cakes to the queen of heaven and to pour out drink offerings unto other gods that they may provoke me to anger. And then 1 Timothy 2.5, for there's one God and one mediator between God and man, the man Christ Jesus. And then Acts 4.12. Hold on. I know Timothy 2.5 and Acts 4.12 by heart, but I'll read it. Salvation is found in no one else, for there's no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved, correct? And Luke 11 the first four verses. Now it came to pass as he was praying in a certain place when he ceased that one of his disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, <clears throat> as John also taught his disciples. So he said to them, when you pray, say, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our sins. For we also forgive everyone who is indeed who is indebted to us, and do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. 
And she says there are many other injunctions in the scriptures against adding anything or anyone to the worship of God. For isn't the adding of other gods what got Israel into such much trouble? In the past it is because there are no other gods. Isn't equating tradition with scripture the reason that Jesus scolded the Pharisees in Mark 7? No, dear one, he uh, scolded them for adhering to the traditions of men, not of the Pharisees, not the traditions of God, which Paul uh, places on equal ground with scripture in uh, 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, verse 15. There's the music for our final break, and we will take us to this email when we come back from the break, dear ones. Um, don't go away. I don't know that you'll have time to call in. You could give it a try, um, but certainly email, and we'll take them on Monday. Toll-free 1-877-511-5483 or email at motheratthestationofthecross.com, and we'll be right back. Hello, beloved. This is Mother Miriam. How would you like to wake up each morning to inspiring sermons from knowledgeable and faith-filled priests? You can tune in to Sermons for Everyday Living every day at 6 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. You can listen on thestationofthecross.com or anytime on the free iCatholic Radio mobile app. God bless you. One man, one woman. For life, for children, for each other, and it's a sacrament. All that you need to fulfill these obligations, these duties of the married state, are in the sacrament of marriage. It does not matter how difficult a particular marriage is. God will give you the grace to be faithful to the vows that you made to your spouse at his altar. The devil knows this, and he uses it every day. He makes people forget the great power and efficacy of the sacrament of marriage. I am utterly shocked at the number of Catholic couples, married couples, devout Catholics, been married for many years, who do not pray together as husband and wife. That's Sermons for Everyday Living from 6 to 7 a.m. Eastern on the Station of the Cross. It is a scientific fact that life begins at fertilization. Every human being is a human person. It already says in the 14th Amendment of our U.S. Constitution that all persons are to have equal protection under the laws. Yet we have an ongoing mass murder of our little pre-born brothers and sisters under the big lie of abortion. The Supreme Court must explicitly affirm federal protection for our last excluded class and end this constitutional crisis. Use your voice and sign the petition now at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. We do have 10 minutes. We're in the middle of a bit of a lengthy email. I don't know that we'll have time for your calls right now, but uh, write the number down and call in. We'll be back on Monday after the weekend. Uh, Toll-free 1-877-511-5283. 
5483-511-5483 or email at mother at the station of the cross dot com um, where we have an email from Patricia who is asking a question um, based on um, um, an understanding she hasn't said what the understanding is apparently that we look for salvation in any other one but God alone, which, of course, we do not. Um, She says, um, she's quoted several verses here, um, many injunctions in the scriptures, okay, all right, um, against adding anything or anyone to the worship of God. Of course, God alone is to be worshipped. End of statement, end of truth. God alone is to be worshipped. Or isn't the adding of other gods what Israel got into? So much trouble in the past. Absolutely. There are no gods, and they began to worship the false gods of the pagans around them. Isn't equating tradition with Scripture the reason that Jesus scolded the Pharisees? And just before um, the break, I said, yes, what Jesus scolded the Pharisees for was the traditions of men, not the traditions of God. He said, um, uh, listen, uh, to Moses, uh, whatever he speaks from the chair of Moses, don't do what they do, but do what they say, not what they do. Don't follow their example. But if what they say is truth, follow that. And Paul says again to the Thessalonians, he equates scripture and tradition with a capital T, the tradition of God. Look up Second Thessalonians 2.15. And so Patricia says, how did you become convinced about Mary being the mediatrix when the Bible speaks so clearly that Jesus is the only mediator and that God the Father is the only one we should pray to in the name of Jesus? Okay, now, how many times do you, Patricia, say, Jesus, help me, or Jesus, this? You pray directly to Jesus. Why do you do that when we need to pray to God the Father. You don't say God the Father in the name of Jesus. You might say that, but you also pray to Jesus, help me. Jesus, I'll pray to Jesus. You always do that. You also do that. Um, I'm going to read your passage from 1 Timothy chapter 2, where you quote verse 5, there is one God and there is one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus. But the beginning of that paragraph, starting in verse 1, we always want to take scripture in context, says, first of all, then, Paul is writing to Timothy, who became a bishop uh, with Paul's laying on of hands. And he's instructing Timothy. And he says, first of all, then, I urge that supplications, prayers, intercessions, and thanksgiving be made for all men, for kings and all who are in high positions, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life godly and respectful in every way. This is good and is acceptable in the sight of God, our Savior, who desires all men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. He desires, God does, supplications, prayers, intercessions, thanksgiving, be made for all men. So we are to pray, Paul says, without ceasing. We are to pray for one another. Uh, The prayers of a good man, uh, James says, availeth much. We are to pray for one another. We are to encourage one another. But we, by praying for, if you say to me, 
Mother Miriam, would you pray for me because I hurt my arm or I need a job or whatever it is? I say, yes, of course I'll pray for you. What I don't say is, why don't you go to Jesus or why don't you go to God the Father? There's only one mediator. Why do you ask me to pray for you? Because you know that God is the mediator between uh, him and us, and we are little mediators in him. He is the one mediator, capital M, we are little mediators. We mediate like children do in a family for one another. And we know that God the Father is the one who answers prayers, but we pray to him, help my brother, help my sister, help that one who needs to be uh, saved or converted. We pray all the time. We have lists of prayers. And so we are praying um, for one another, and our prayers go up to God. Well, uh, when we die and leave this earth, the communion of saints does not stop. The, the time and space is no more, so we don't have the advantage, so to speak, or the um, hindrance of having to see or hear someone anymore, but they are part of the body of Christ. And if they're in purgatory or they're in heaven, I know you probably don't understand purgatory yet, um, it, they pray for us. So... Patricia, I would ask you to pray for me, and you're not going to say to me, Mother, go to God the Father. You're not going to do that. Or go to Jesus. You're not going to do that. Um, you're going to say, yes, Mother, I'm going to pray that you know the truth about God, right? Uh, and you're going to pray to God for me. And that makes you an intercessor for me, a mediator between God and me. Uh, that's what it's about. And so Timothy continues, for there's one God and one mediator between God and men, the man Christ Jesus, who gave himself as a ransom for all, the testimony to which was born at the proper time. For this I was appointed a preacher and apostle, um, a teacher of the Gentiles, in faith and truth. So, dear one, God has given it to us to pray for one another. Um, Jesus is the one mediator, and we are little mediators, little intercessors in him. Um, Mary is a mediatrix because God came through her at the end. What is that music, Jacob? Hello? Do you have me back? Okay. Um, well, I know we were disconnected, beloved. I just was told that. I don't know how long, how much, 
How long, Jacob, were we disconnected? Do you know? Uh, about a minute, maybe a minute and a half, Mother. Oh, that's a lot, beloved. So uh, P- Patricia says, how did you become convinced about Mary being the mediatrix when the Bible speaks so clearly that Jesus is the only mediator? He is the one mediator between God and men, and we are little mediators to, to take one another. We are the saints on earth, lifting one another to God in heaven. I would say, um, uh, dear Patricia, I'm so sorry, we are out of time. Um, If you would go look up Mark Maravalli, Mark Maravalli, he has written an introduction to Mary, very, very simple, as the Mediatrix of All Graces. It's a wonderful book. It's very kind of a pamphlet. See if you could get that. Also, um, Catholic.com refuting the issues on Mary. At least you'll get the thinking of the Catholic Church, and you'll be able to understand how we come to it, even if you don't believe it. God bless all of you. Have a wonderful weekend. Speak with you Monday, God willing.